Sometimes healthy communication has some eye rolls. Sometimes healthy communication has tears. Sometimes there is a little argument of talking through something. Sometimes there's a break and it says, can we please pick this up tomorrow? I'm drained, but I know this is important. That's still healthy communication. It doesn't mean smiles and rainbows. It means we're talking. We both see the importance of this. I value you. I respect you. I know you do the same for me. Let's find a middle ground here. Let's find a way to work through this. Even if it takes days, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I'm getting emotional, let's find a way. But if there's an immediate shutdown and disregard for your emotions and disregard for your for you as a human in this relationship who has needs, then that's not healthy. And that is not something you should have to live with for your entire life. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today's episode is about what I believe is the number one skill set in being the strongest, most confident communicator you can be in your relationship and relationships. We're not just talking sex here. We're talking all of your relationships, but especially your sexual relationships. So before I dive into it, don't forget to leave this rating a leave this podcast a rating and review. I would really appreciate it on iTunes and or Spotify. Thanks so much to you guys who've done that. And let's dive into this topic. What inspired this topic is I was on the phone yesterday with a client of mine and we were having a call and I asked him, "In your most recent relationship, what do you think you could have done a much better job at? Like taking full ownership. What do you think was the one thing that if you did it differently or did it more or really worked on it, you would be in a different scenario than you are right now in terms of your relationship being in a more positive uh, future forward place? And he said, honestly, I realized that I started asking a lot more questions But I wasn't asking the right questions. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, that's such a good point. That's such a good point he made. Because you can ask tons of questions, but if they're not the questions that get you answers that you need to hear or get your partner to to understand that or to see that you're curious and trying to understand or get your partner to understand a little more of their perspective by you asking that question, you lose a lot of communication. And there's a big difference 
in asking a question like, why would you feel that way? Like, that's ridiculous. Why would you even feel that way? Then you would asking a question like, oh, that's interesting. You feel that way. What exactly about what I did made you feel that way? See how that's actually showing interest. It's showing curiosity. It's showing that you can not be in defense mode constantly, which is where we all want to be when we're in a conflict, right? So it shows that you're opening up the conversation. Of course, tonality plays a big difference too, or plays a big role in the way you ask things and the way you converse in general. For instance, asking the same question, oh, that's interesting that you feel that way. Okay, well, what was it about what I did that made you feel that way? See how there's sarcasm in my tone of voice if you rewind the way that I said that? There's a hint of sarcasm. There's a hint of um, belittling. There's protection of ego. So our tone also says a lot about how we're communicating what we are saying, right? It says a lot about our message. And how is this related to sex? Because most of you need to have conversations around your sex life. And what I've been saying a lot recently is that if, you, if you're more afraid to talk about sex than you are to have it, you're in big trouble <laughs> because you need to be able to talk more about sex than you actually have sex. That's what will determine a comfortable, healthy, long sex life between you and your partner or partners. So having conversations and knowing these skill sets of conversation are really important, guys. And I think it was really cool how my client was able to understand that, hey, he was able to call himself out for, hey, I am improving here. I have start asking a lot more questions, which I didn't, I wasn't really doing, but how can I improve the questions? I can ask better ones. I can ask more of the right ones. I can ask questions that actually get the conversation moving forward and get both of us curious and wanting to find a, a solution versus asking the types of questions that maybe shut my partner down or protect my ego. And it, it's just, I think it's like the best, I don't know, I just, I was like, every guy needs to hear this. <laughs> Shit, this has to be a podcast episode. So what I told him was, and I'm sure I mentioned this in the past on this show, was the idea of what I learned it as narrative therapy. Narrative therapy is a term I learned from one of my coaches, my relationship coaches, when I first got into this stuff. Um, and what it means is you're taking the words of the person speaking with you, the person communicating with you, the person in the conflict with you, and you're taking their exact words and you're turning it into a question. So what a lot of us tend to do, and my client also called himself out for this, which I thought was fucking awesome. He was like, you know what? I need to do, I also need to do less assuming, he said. He's like, I, I feel like I know who she is, so I assume she's feeling a certain way, and then I act based on my assumptions of her, her repetitive feelings, when maybe in that moment she's not feeling that way. So why am I reacting as though she is? And that takes a lot of self-awareness to get to the point of, being a guy who's like, wow, like I'm making assumptions. I need to back off of that. And I need to realize that it's okay to ask questions that may feel dumb in the moment, you know? And a lot of you may feel that way. That's why we all 
are likely to make assumptions because we don't want to feel stupid. We don't want to be like, oh, are you, you sound frustrated right now. Is that true? Like, because we don't want our partner to be like, yeah, it's fucking true. I'm always frustrated about this, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, but if we're, if we're not 100% certain on where our partner's coming from, we need to ask questions no matter how dumb they may feel. And if you have a partner who respects you and loves you, then no matter how dumb your question may feel for you, trust me, they feel they will ex- appreciate it and they will accept it with open arms if they're a partner who actually wants to communicate with you and discuss things and get to the bottom of things and find solutions for things and a partner who loves you. And trust me also that it's much more, it feels much more stupid to us than it does to the other person. Because if I had a guy ask me, a guy who I cared for and who I believed truly cared for me, if he asked me like, you seem sad right now. Like, how are you feeling right now? Are you, you, am I right? I wouldn't be like, oh, you fucking idiot. I'd be like, yeah, I am sad because you said this and that really upset me. It made me sad. You know, I would, I would appreciate that he's calling out my emotions. I would really appreciate that he's noticing how I'm feeling and showing that he cares about that and showing that he's trying to understand it more. That's love. That's good communication. So we can't just assume things. We can't just ask questions that belittle our partners. And I say we as men and women. None of us can do that if we want healthy communication. And if we don't get good at healthy communication, we can't talk about things that are as hard to talk about as sex. Right? Sex is one of those topics where it's like, oh, okay. You know, I, be, I tell people I'm a sexologist. Oh, okay. Well, oh, boy. <laughs> Act like it's the weirdest thing in the world. The majority of people, and even people who know it's not weird, they get immediately uncomfortable. So it's like sex is one of those topics that's even more hard to talk about just because of the nature of it and how society has shaped it to be. So, especially when it comes to sex. We have to be able to have these conversations where we feel comfortable asking questions and asking our partner how they're feeling about something and telling our partner, hey, like when you did this, it made me feel this way. Can you see how I feel that way? Does that make sense to you? And that's not like some asshole move to ask, does that make sense to you? You know, and a lot of like, like going back, it goes back to tonality, right? Like, hey, like, well, I'm pretty pissed off that you did this. Can you see why? Like, does that make Can you see it from my perspective? That's sharing a perspective. And it's making it super clear for your partner where they're able to be like, wow, okay, yeah, if I was you, maybe I would feel the same way. Or maybe, okay, now I see where you're coming from. Yeah, I, I guess I do see that. Or I guess that's another way to look at it. And... Another point I made to my client, the same client, was um, because he was asking, he was like, well, sometimes people just don't want to talk. And I respect that because I don't always want to talk. So what if I bring something up and she shuts it down and it's like, you know, I just, I I just, maybe I want to let her get her off the hook because she's not in the mood to talk. So then what do I do? Like what's healthy communication that way? And I told him that, If it matters to the future of your relationship and you bring up the topic to your partner and they shut it down multiple times, that's when it's a problem because it's getting in the way of your future, your future, 
your future as a partnership and it's damaging your future relationship. So when you bring up a topic that is immediately avoided or shut down and it's happened more than two, more than twice, that's when it becomes something that needs to be discussed. You need to communicate around it and you need to you need to be strict around the importance of communicating around it. You can't just let these things go. And I see so many guys just let these conversations around sex with their wives who have, aren't having sex in 20 years because they bring up the same conversation and they do it the same way and she has the same reaction and she avoids it and then they just allow the avoidance to happen and do nothing but feel resentment and hurt and shame and embarrassment and frustration and anger. And it's all because there's a partnership that is not open up to communicating with each other. And I told my partner that, not my partner, I told my client in this situation when he said that, I said, listen, you're thinking of healthy communication as, as an outcome of both people are super happy and smiling and saying I love you and hugging. That's not always it. Sometimes healthy communication has some eye rolls. Sometimes healthy communication has tears. Sometimes there is a little argument among the conversation of talking through something. Sometimes there's a break and it says, can we please pick this up tomorrow? I'm drained, but I know this is important. That's still healthy communication. It doesn't mean smiles and rainbows. It means we're talking. We both see the importance of this. I value you. I respect you. I know you do the same for me. Let's find a middle ground here. Let's find a way to work through this. Even if it takes days, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I'm getting emotional, let's find a way. Even if it's the smallest step, step by step. But if there's an immediate shutdown and disregard for your emotions and disregard for, your, for you as a human in this relationship who has needs, then that's not healthy. And that is not something you should have to live with for your entire life. So, yeah, I feel like I just went on a rant there, but I feel like all of this is very, um, has very much to do with the majority of, of your situations. You guys who are in this predicament of not knowing how to have a conversation and it's, it's a lot of people, guys, do not know how to have a conversation. It's actually effective. And I know so many guys who say, yeah, well, I've tried to talk to her about it. And I'll ask, how does the conversation go? Tell me, what's the typical conversation around sex? And it ends with something like, it's super fluffy. There's no real vulnerability going on in terms of sharing honest emotions and honest needs or specific needs, I should say. And then the conversation usually ends like something like, all right, well, I'm going to try. Okay. All right. Thanks. And then nothing happens. and like, No one tries. And then they try again. But when they try again, it's, it starts the same conversation over that they've had for the past 10 years. If that doesn't work, it's time to have a new structured conversation. If that doesn't work, it's time to check your communication skill sets and ask yourself, why am I not getting the answers I want? Not to say that you'll always get your way, but why are you not getting new answers? Why are you not getting any answers? 
and look at the way the conversation usually ends. If it ends something like, all right, well, let's both try. Okay. No. What the fuck does that mean? Try what? When are you going to try it? How long are you going to try it for? How many days are you going to give this? What exactly does it look like to try? What are the actions involved in trying? Who's going to take what action? What sacrifices have to be put in place to create more time or energy to take those actions? These are the things that need to be talked about when you're moving through a conflict in regards to needs, especially sexual needs. So think about that. I want you to think about the quality of the questions you're asking now, especially when it comes to conflict in your sex life. And then think about an area of your life where it's going really well and it's always gone really smooth and you've always kept really strong boundaries and you've, you've always held confidence and felt good about it. What's different in the way you communicate in that area of your life versus your sex life? Or versus a part of your life you're dissatisfied with right now that you don't feel like you're getting enough answers in. There's a difference. Notice the difference. Notice the quality of your questions, type of questions you're asking. Is your guard up or down? Are you feeling defensive and embarrassed? Are you sarcastic? Are you belittling? Do you roll your eyes? Do you turn your body away? Do you avoid the conversation? again and again and again. Another thing I was telling my client was an ex of mine. It's probably one of the best communicators I know. And not to say he's perfect and not to say he didn't have shit moments of communication as we all do. But what what I think made him so good was that he constantly held empathy and space for me to voice my opinions and see my perspective and ask questions about my perspective. There is always a curiosity and then there is always an ownership of what he did wrong. And then there was always a moving forward and noticing a difference in how we moved forward. So I always felt that care. I felt like, I felt heard. I felt like he gave a shit, you know? And that made me want to give more shit about him. (laughs) Give more shits about him. (laughs) But it's so easy when we're upset about something and when we're angry, especially when we're the ones where we're like, you know what? I haven't been given, like I'm deprived. I'm the deprived one. Why should I have to be the one who's working on all these fucking skill sets? Like she should be doing this. It's, I've had enough of this. Like you may feel like that, but think about it. If you, I mean, I heard, I heard this once and I'll never forget it. It's, it's like such a powerful statement. The person who needs the other person in the relationship less has the more power. So if your partner needs sex less than you, they hold more power over you when it comes to your sex life because they're like, it's up to them, right? It's up to them to say, yes, you're the willing one. So if you want to fight for that sex life and fight for yourself, and when I say fight, I mean, support yourself through this, you know, not necessarily pick fights, (laughs) but But if you want to get your needs met because you're not getting them, then you have to be the more intentional one around, all right, let's look at my communication patterns. Uh, Let's look at how I've been um, wording this, how I've been asking for this. 
what I've been, what I've let boundaries loose around, um, that was a weird way of putting it, where I've dropped boundaries, um, where I've never stood up for myself, like, you got to take note of that stuff so that you can be the strongest you can be. And then you can realize you have a choice. You have a choice to live this way. You have a choice to walk away. You have a choice to try and change things. And you might as well try and change things before you walk away, right? So the changing things has to do with looking at your skill sets and improving on them. But communication is huge, guys. And communication is like the biggest thing that will get you a healthy sex life because you need to be able to talk about sex. You need to be able to express yourself. You need to be able to read your partner and respond to what you read. And conflict will always be there. Conflict is in every single relationship. It's always going to come up. You're never going to be free of conflict. And what the top marriage, one of the top, if not the top marriage researcher and therapist in the world, John Gottman, one of the best, he said that the number one indicator to longevity in a relationship is how couples handle conflict and how quickly they move through it. And they don't necessarily, the the couples who make it longest, who are happiest, aren't necessarily having less arguments or less conflict, which is pretty cool. It's how they deal with it. It's how they move through it together as a team. And those of you who feel like, all right, well, I don't feel like a team in my partner right, with my partner right now. Like, yeah, that sucks. And that's hard. It really is hard trying to create a team with someone who's avoiding you or running away from a topic that's really important to you that you value. Or maybe they used to value it and now they don't. So it's like, fuck, like, what do I do now? You know, that is really hard. But it's worth trying to do something about. And you have to remember that by you improving on these skill sets and getting good as a communicator is a way of standing up for yourself and your needs and showing your strength and conviction for this relationship and for what's important to you. And it will be uncomfortable, but it will be worth it. All right, guys, I feel like this is a very serious episode, <laughs> like very intense. I feel very intense right now, <laughs> but, um, but I hope it speaks to you and, and yeah, I wish you the best. I hope you know that I am here to help you. There are ways of working with me and you can always reach out to me, apply for my coaching. My email's info at stephanieganowski.com. So feel free to uh, send me a message if you're struggling with something and interested in working with me. I'd be happy to help you. So that's all for today, guys. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. And I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.